All right, welcome to the very first podcast uh, of Late Night Crypto or whatever we decide to name it. Um, but I'm here with my good friend Chris, who knows everything and every anything about crypto, uh, and more specifically Ethereum. Um, and he has a very interesting uh, experience to share. Um, so yeah, welcome, Chris. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, Vincent. Yeah, happy to be here. You kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, you you hype me up a little too much. Let's, let's hope I could uh, answer all the questions. But... <laughs> yeah, all right. this conversation. <laughs> let's get to it. Uh, so when did you know about Ethereum, uh, and what price was it at? So I first, I guess it, it makes sense to start off with like Bitcoin, I think. Um, I first heard about Bitcoin probably like high school or maybe maybe my first year out of, out of high school. So like 2011, 2012, um, didn't really think much about it. I had initially thought about mining with like a laptop to see like how that worked out. But I just kind of, I was like, hey, I'll do it later. I postponed it and you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have, I wish I would have done that. Right. But most likely I would have lost the keys or, you know, lost that. But I, you know, over, over the years, I, I, I would, <laughs> you, I'd buy Bitcoin to like buy stuff online just cause uh, I'd buy like, you know, some study pills, modafinil, some just like tropics <laughs> and you'd be able to like get discounts uh, by using Bitcoin. Um, it wasn't until like 20, 2015 that I actually started buying Bitcoin too as like an investment uh, idea. Yeah. Um, so how, how, how many Bitcoin did you have at that time? Oh, so I, I was buying them at like 400. Wait, um, $400? Yeah, $400. Okay. Like, like when, I was, when I was buying it for like as an investment. Yeah. Um, so I probably had like six or seven, you know, I, I just got in a... I just finished an internship. I just had got a job. So, you know, I was trying to spend as much, I was trying to allocate as much money as I could into uh, Bitcoin. But what really got me interested in Ethereum was like when I, so I, I basically, I downloaded Coinbase because I thought that that was like the most popular application. Yeah. And in this time, Coinbase only had three products, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP, Ripple. Um, and Ethereum was like just recently added to that. Um, so I was like, I think I did the, I kind of went the route that most people probably take, you know, like, oh, okay, Bitcoin is, you know, $700 at this point, Ethereum is $8, you know, if, if I buy, an you know, Bitcoin's worth of Ethereum, you know, I only need Ether to go up by, let's say, you know, two to $3, as opposed to having, you know, Bitcoin to like, go up a couple hundred bucks, right, my, my, my return would be that much more with Ethereum. So I, I think I traded one bitcoin for an ethereum at this point so i spent like 800 bucks and i got like 88 or something ethereum <laughs> and that's wow. like the best trade of my life you know so like 800 bucks and i got 88 ethereum like could you you know i wish i could go back in time and just like tell myself to spend all the money on ethereum yeah. but um <laughs> yeah so that's kind of a a rant but that's that's kind of how i found ethereum um and then just over time i started doing more research just transition from like Bitcoin is a future to, okay, it still is, but Ethereum could be uh, much more promising. Dang. Okay. So um, what year are we talking about right now? Uh, 2016. And how many Bitcoins and how many Ethereums did you have? So it's hard to remember really, but I probably had, so I had eight, I had eight Bitcoins. So I was probably had eight Bitcoins. I traded one. 
and then at that point I just yeah I, I don't really remember but I probably had about eight to ten bitcoins probably about a hundred or so ethereum and just like buying more ethereum every paycheck damn that's pretty yeah because okay, it was so just then... so easy like dollar cost average when they're like eight <laughs> to you know it, it's like buying it was like buying dot four months yeah. ago right there's like five to six it range up to like maybe eight and just go back down which, um, is, which is a whole nother episode you know that we could talk about yeah absolutely um, absolutely so before ethereum okay so this was before ethereum popped right and bitcoin popped and so what this happened- is like six months after i think it's like six months to a year after like the ethereum hard forked into like ethereum and ethereum classic um after like the dow hack so it was like very uh it was it wasn't cool to be buying ethereum right could you could you kind of talk more about what a hard fork is uh what what warrants a hard fork uh of a coin yeah so a hard fork is basically when you you or i guess when the community or the developers decide to uh make a big change to the uh to the to the token right to a, a blockchain um so basically the event that i'm talking about is uh one of the biggest like use cases of, of ethereum initially was to create like a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization where people would be able to like send money to this like smart contract and the money would be able to uh be used to like invest and do other stuff with it um and whoever had sent money into the contract had like governance. They, they had like a, like a basically like rights, you know, uh, as to where the money would be, uh, as, as to how the money would be used. Um, but basically a, somebody was able to hack the contract and just keep periodically withdraw like hundreds and hundreds of ether, ether every, like every time a new block was mined or something along those lines. Um, it was just one so, person. Or was it like? Uh, it was just like a group or one person. Okay. I, don't, I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't really know. But um, basically, this is pretty on. This is pretty early into uh, Ethereum's like beginning, and uh, a decision had to be made whether to roll it, like roll roll the Ethereum blockchain to before this hack happened, so that they'd be able to give everybody back their money, or just let it go and people lost their money and you know treat treat it as a learning lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's pretty. It was a pretty uh, difficult decision because if you look at like a, a, as like at like Bitcoin, people pride people pride themselves in like buying Bitcoin because it's it's like set in stone. Like whatever happens, happens. You can't like roll it back. You know, it's it's twenty one million coins can be created. Nothing can change it. You know, um, while Ethereum kind of went a different route and decided to do what would be best for the community moving forward. So they ended up um, doing the hard work and then creating. I guess continuing to develop on Ethereum and then uh, the people that were more of a Bitcoin mindset, right? Just like they 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 forked off and they did uh, Ethereum Classic. Interesting. Okay. Um, does yeah. that mean that they share like the same? So at a given point before they forked, right? They were the same. Uh, they so were the exact just, same blockchain. Exact same. The exact and same so blockchain. And now, whoever, like, let's say you had. Uh, you know, a hundred. So in my case, if I, if I had had Ethereum at that time, once they forked, I would have a hundred ether and a hundred Ethereum classic tokens in my wallet, mm. just because 
they they have like the same uh in a sense same software right so like the the, the wallets and addresses are the same so um let's say you if you're familiar with like metamask which is like a a wallet for like ethereum tokens no I, i've never heard of it um uh, well it, it's yeah it's basically just a, a a wallet um to store your cryptos and basically uh after this hard fork i'd have identical amounts of uh each token in it so over the time uh it just be two different sets of like uh, communities, right? Ethereum would have its own community and its own set of like governance and rules, uh, as well as its own set of like technologies, technologies. Uh, and that's the same thing with Ethereum Classic, right? They're both just completely different. Yeah. So it's they were essentially at the time of the hard fork, they were essentially snapshots of each other. But ever since that moment, they were different chains completely. So um, if developers continue to develop on Ethereum Classic, that would be completely different to the developers developing on Ethereum, um, if that makes sense. So it's like at, the, at that moment that they hard forked, they were the same exact uh, tokens, right? Or like blockchains. But then after that, uh, wherever the developers or the miners wanted to take each individual uh, blockchain is whatever happened to them. So. If you look at like Ethereum, uh, Ethereum always had plans to become like a POS network, so a proof of stake network. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've, they've been continually doing that. While um, Ethereum Classic, I think they're still focused on like being a proof of like proof of work, so just like mining. Um, so it, it's basically wherever the developers or the people that have uh, more control in the network uh, want to take it, in a sense. Cool. Does that kind of um, answer your question? Yeah. Okay. So. When this all happened, I, I assume that Ethereum's price probably tanked, right? Because of all the uncertainty that was happening, like people were exactly probably freaked out of what a hard fork uh, would yield. All right, it's like splitting splitting up the community essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you see something similar happen to like Bitcoin when uh, I think it was like 20, 2017, uh when they actually. There was a debate between like the block size, whether um, they should keep Bitcoin the same or increase the block size to allow more transactions to be included in, in each block. Um, there was a big like debate in the community and they actually um, did a hard fork and split into two tokens. So we have Bitcoin and then Bitcoin Cash. Um, and in the moment, it's like, not only are there two tokens, but yeah, so there's two tokens and now you have let's say there's a hundred percent of like miners available before the token split. So now the miners have to decide which token is going to be more valuable, right? Or like, which token do I believe in? So there's, there's uncertainty in the moment because they have to decide, uh, you know, where, where to like send their, uh, their like hash power, right? Like which, which network to support in a sense. So in, in those like few months or even like the months afterwards, there's a lot of uncertainty in like prices. Of like what what the actual price is, um, so in the case of Ethereum, I think the price was around uh, twenty to, to mid twenties, and it dropped to like four dollars or something like that. So when wow. I when I bought it, it was just like starting to like get at a consistently stable price of like between six to six seven to nine dollars uh, essentially. Wait be- before we uh, before even that. Um... Uh, going back to what uh, the hard fork between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, so we know the the value prop of Bitcoin is that there's 21 million um, Bitcoins, 
ever going to be mine uh, and that's never going to change. So mm-hmm. during this hard fork, uh, does that mean that Bitcoin Cash itself also has 21 million? Uh, and so the supply now is 42 million of both Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash? Uh, yes, in a way, but there's still individual coins or individual networks. So Bitcoin Cash has its own 21 million coins and then uh, Bitcoin has its own 21 million coins. Interesting. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, to, to kind of just summarize it, any, anytime there's a hard fork, uh, was the decision made by the community um, to kind of just separate separate in terms of, you know, uh, the technologies as well as like the governance uh, and, and, and the, um, the development or like the, yeah, I guess the development of, of the coin uh, and, and kind of separated and in, into a different direction from each other. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so, usually the reason why a hard fork happens, right? Because there's like a, uh, a debate on how, you know, how to proceed from here. So uh, they, they take their coins and, and move it to a different direction. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. So Ethereum, you know, crashes or it go, it bottoms out to uh, $4 uh, from $20. And so you decided to buy even more of it at the time. Well, th- this is like, this is like six to eight months. You know, it's, it's so long ago. That I, re- I forget, but this is like, uh, before I had, uh, bought it. So okay. I bought it at like nine bucks. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't know about Ethereum as like that whole, uh, hard work happened. Um, I didn't hear about it till like months, months later. Cool. So let's uh let's talk about that Vegas trip. So yeah. okay. Give us give us the spill here. Wow, what happened during that trip? So basically, okay, so I think just to have like a timeline, my, my first time buying Ethereum was 2016 November. Um I was I was working as a project manager and I was just like so ecstatic about crypto and like the future and like how you know at, at that point it was, it was mostly just speculation right of like oh hopefully you know <laughs> hopefully this will like 10x from here right so like hopefully it'll, it'll go from like nine dollars to ninety dollars in the next you know five years i'll be able to like pay off my student loans you know i'll be so set you know that was just like a, like a moonshot right like hopefully hopefully it's a future just because at that point there wasn't like there wasn't much information coming out, right? There wasn't like people actually building on Ethereum or like cryptos. It's not like it is now, right? Where we have like new information coming out every single day. So many people using the network, just it being the future and all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like talked to all my coworkers about it and it got to a point where they're like, all right, dude, we get it. Cool. You know, like, <laughs> um, but I, I'd say probably around like February of 2017, um, yeah, so just like you know, three three or so months after I had first bought it, um, I think the EEA got announced. So the Ethereum Enterprise Association or Alliance, Ethereum Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, um, they got announced. It just it was a bunch of uh, very big names like Samsung, Toyota, just a lot of huge corporations that were like planning on using the Ethereum protocol. And I remember that pushed the price up, let's say to twenty bucks, and that finally got like a couple of coworkers to, to want to invest in it. And uh, it, it's like funny, I'll, I'll like, I have it on my phone to ha- like show me random pictures like over the years. 
so every day it's like a new random photo and i'll just have like screenshots of like ethereum at like <laughs> 20 bucks 40 bucks and it's just it was such a such a crazy part of my life just but <laughs> like back then that was like that was mind changing like mind-blowing to me you know like yeah. it, it would just go up so much so i think around like so okay so it was like around 20 to 40 bucks and uh i ended up having a, a trip planned out to go to vegas i think it must have been like april or something yeah april um i remember like going going to the airport and checking the price of ethereum like <laughs> i checked i checked the price of ethereum like every i, ch- I check it too much basically but yeah. uh, i remember checking the price and the price was around like i think it was around like 40 or 50 bucks and i get on the flight and i land and the price is like 70 bucks and i'm like holy shit i, I just made i just made more money than i make in a year you know like just <laughs> in that you know two hour flight to, the, to, to, to Vegas. And yeah. I remember just being so excited. Perfect and then timing. by the time, like, yeah, just, it was like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> you know, fuck gambling. Like this is, I'm just going to put more money into Ethereum. Um, and I think by the time I got to the airport and I was just like, I think it ended up being like a hundred bucks or something like that. And I was just like mind blowing. I was talking to my taxi driver. I was talking to everybody in the clubs and lines. Just so like, Ethereum was like, just trust me, put all your money into Ethereum, you know, like, <laughs> just put all your money in crypto. Like it's the future. So yeah, that, that was like, there's Wait. like nothing, there, there's no feeling like a bull, like being a, in a bull market, right. And like being able to like capitalize on it. Yeah. Wait, yeah, it and this was, so this was, this was 2016, right? Um, 2016. Yeah. 2016 or 2017. Got it. Okay. So then I got to pull up like a, like a, a chart. Just look at the, look at the prices of the dates. Um, Damn. Okay. So you had a very good time in Vegas. Um, and then yeah. as we know, right, 2017 was when the first peak, uh, when the first peak happened. Um, and then shortly after it just co- uh, completely, completely crashed. Like what was that experience like? Oh man, it was depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was depressing in the sense that like, even, even now, wait, wait, wait before, before even that, right. You took yeah, some time there's, off there's to travel, right? Like, like so, uh, if from from what I remember, what you telling me, like uh, Ethereum got like you're, I mean, Ethereum got to a price where you were able to take some time off, just go traveling around the world uh, and stuff like that, right? And this was in 2017. That was 2017. So, let's say um, my trip was April, and I think by like. I think by June, I was like, okay, I have enough money to last me, you know, three or so years without having to yeah. work. Um, and it, it always been my dream to like, just go traveling, uh, yeah, go throughout Europe. So I started, you know, thinking about it and dwelling on it and I ended up making the decision. I put in my, put in my, uh, put in my two weeks and they asked me to stay another week. So, uh, let's say I, I put in my, my two weeks around like Mid mid July, essentially. Um, of, of, uh, like, of 2017? Of 2017. Okay. And then like three weeks later, I I was officially done with my job. I spent a week just driving all my stuff to my parents' house from like Arizona to, to California. Just like not pay rent or, you know, not pay uh, pay storage fees just because I, I, I bought a one-way ticket to Europe and I didn't have a, a return trip. I just, I was going to see how, how things went. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was the best it was the best trip of my life. <laughs> it was so it was so <laughs> sick. <laughs> and so 
but at the when so by this by the time that you left from July, right, all the way up to December, right, Ethereum was still booming, right, especially in that very last month, uh, in twenty, uh, from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen, right, was the first kind of crypto mania, uh, where Ethereum yeah, just shot sure. up from, uh, from I think three hundred dollars to like eleven hundred dollars in, in in like le- less than a week, uh, and so like. Damn, were you like, holy fuck, like, this is all the money I would ever need uh, in my life, right? Because if you left, no, no, I, I didn't you have left enough, in July and it was only, you know, $200, you pretty much five extra money by the end of the year while you were traveling. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't as simple as that, though. Um, just because when I did, so basically, uh, <laughs> I, I quit my job at the actual, like, peak, <laughs> in a sense, right? So... Uh, uh, I have a chart right now and, and uh, Ethereum was like, let's say uh, June, June, 2017, the high was $400. And then July 17th, which is like probably right around the last day, like my last day of work, the price is $140. Right. So just that was like, a, that was a pretty big, you know, that's a third of the price. I was like, holy shit, did I, did I, you know, make the right decision? Should I keep oh. working? Uh, but I was, I was pretty confident in it. Yeah. So, so like when I, when I decided to quit my job, the price was 400 and the price dropped down to like a hundred and hundred and hundred and thirty dollars So it wasn't all, it wasn't all simple. It, it didn't end up going back up to like roughly $400 until the end of the year. Once I was almost done with my trip. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. Wait, so, so I actually so don't know this. Okay. So you, you actually so traveled? Wasn't clear. Yeah, so I I had initially thought that you had tra- were traveling um, all the way to to so from July to the next year and went through and it like happened during your trip. But I didn't realize that your trip actually ended around the time where uh, things started to it get started a little, to go up. yeah yeah a little, a little, a little frothy yeah yeah so okay no, you, so you, I, you get back I, from I your left, trip yeah I left so you, August okay and. I left August, the price is about 200 bucks. And uh, I basically traveled for four months, the last month of which I spent in Switzerland. Yeah. And uh, which is pretty convenient because I had like my laptop and I had consistent Wi Fi. So I was able to trade and like catch the upswing of the market. But um, yeah. in Switzerland, bro? basically the uh, whole time I was traveling, I, I was like, <laughs> sus, yeah, expensive. Swiss, banks. Swiss, Swiss banks. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, so basically, like the entire time I was traveling, uh, I just didn't even want to check the price of, of, of crypto or anything just because it was just very uh, up and down. It wasn't like breaking new, new highs. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I got back. So I got back like December. The price was about 456. And then the next two months is, you know, what we all, what we all remember, right? From 400 to uh, 1400 bucks. No, okay. So let's stop there, right? Hold up. I just want to know... Uh... Uh, well, we can like ruminate back because, uh, you know, Ethereum right now is post it's at that peak, but you had enough money, right. Or like you felt like you had enough money, uh, to quit your job, go travel when Ethereum was at $200. So then you did your trip, right. You had a great time as Ethereum was still going up. Right. And you come back, uh, I'm pretty sure feeling like, holy shit, like this is the best time uh, of my life. Yeah. And then in a span of just literally, and I remember this because I also put money and I was part of that pump, right? It went from 300 
uh, all the way to a thousand two hundred dollars and it's like peak at that yeah. time you still had your full amount of ethereum from when you from when you were traveling yeah what was that like to check your your bank account and see that ethereum was thirteen hundred dollars uh each each coin um well this is this is like months after me getting back from from europe i got back december and the peak was like february so i had been pretty involved in like trading up until the peak right mm -hmm. um it was a lot of uh a lot of <laughs> just being dumb and, and putting money into uh random coins that would just you know 50x um <laughs> 25x you know just like yeah. if, if i didn't 10x my money i'd be like oh that was kind of a waste um it's just you know in a bull market this is my this is my very first bull market i just got so so greedy um and and you and you hear it now it's like buy the dip you know just buy the dip and you know <laughs> seven out of you know nine out of ten times you're gonna be right it might just be a dip and it's gonna go up higher but what about that last dip where you 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 buy and you just keep waiting you know because the previous nine times it, it would go down and keep going back up. Right. It's just, you know, consolidation. Um, especially when you're, you're reading Twitter and, and, and subreddits and, and YouTube, and they're all saying what you're thinking, you know, you don't, you don't really, you don't really realize that you should be taking money off. Right. You just keep moving your goalposts. Like, Oh, I want to have, uh, I want to have this amount, this amount of money. And I'm, you know, $30,000 away from that. I'm just going to hold off and sell it tomorrow. And then, Oh, it starts dipping, you know, Oh, you know, this is just a small dip. It'll, 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 it'll so come you, back up. You're right. And did you keep um, buying during the dip from, I guess? Yeah. So you just I kept, kept buying like, the dips, <laughs> kept buying the dips. Right. But it just kept yeah, was, buying the dips with leverage. Oh man. What, what does that even mean? Um, essentially I use Kraken. Um, so Kraken is a, a pretty popular exchange, um, centralized exchange. In a sense, um, I'm able to trade using Kraken's money. In a sense, mm. um, this is it's kind of hard to explain, but basically, you know, so like, uh, so let's say I had a thousand bucks, right? Uh, yeah. You borrowed, so you're not putting up a thousand dollars of your money. You're essentially borrowing a thousand dollars of uh, Kraken's money, and you're using it to trade ethereum like an option right like uh whether it's yeah in the, sense. okay what is the caveat to that with that analogy like because you're borrowing it from kraken are they charging you an interest uh on, on that amount borrowed or uh, how does that work it, so they basically charge you a fee uh a rolling it's like every four hours you get charged a fee for borrowing that money um, okay is it is it it's very also, small it's a, it's a small fee but what's up? I was going to say, is it also like a loan where you have to return it uh, from a specific, uh, on, you have to give them back that money on a specific date? Yeah. Um, you, it's basically, so it's, it's kind of annoying being in the U.S. just because they're so strict on this. Um, I think in other, in other countries, you're able to just have it like uh, with no end date in mind. But at least here in the, in, in the States, you have to, uh, it has to be closed like 28 days after. So um, let's say I bought it February 1st, I'd have to close out my position or they'd close it out for me, uh, on February 28th Got or it. March 1st. Yeah. Um, and so if you're, 
if you're on the right side, right, you know, if you if you're going long, so betting, so basically betting that the price is going to go up, and you use leverage, you are able to like maximize those gains in a sense, right? Right. Um, so right. let's say I have like, let's say I want to buy like, uh, let's say I use like five times leverage um, in a sense, and I'm buying uh, one ether and I'm going with five times leverage. So that means let's say the price of uh, ether is a uh, hundred bucks. Um, since I'm going five times leverage, that means I just need to put up one fifth of that amount of money. So that'd be 20 bucks. So I'm putting in 20 bucks and then I'm borrowing $80 from Kraken to buy this hundred dollar ether. And I'm gonna bet the price is gonna go up. So let's say the price goes up to $200. Um, I bought it for $100, the price is now $200. So I'm able to keep that $100 and I just paid. Uh, one fifth of the of the cost, right? Of exactly, what you, I just, I just had to like cost put up one fifth of, of the cost. Got it. But And I just pay the fees, but let's say the price of, uh, let's say I bought it at $100 using five times leverage. So I put in one fifth of the cost, 20 bucks and the price drops down to $80. I see. Like I have to, I have to pay the difference. So I get screwed over. So if you're making like a, a good trade and, or I guess if you catch the momentum the right way, it's very, very good. Right. Cause you're, you're able to like use other people's money to like make money in a sense. But if you're, if it, if it goes backwards on you, then it's going to come out of your pocket in a sense, or you might get liquidated, which, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I like, that, I don't know if that was clear. It, yeah. It's extremely clear. Um, I would say, and, um, no, that makes total sense, right? So in a bull cycle, uh, you're just essentially maximizing the opportunities uh, of it going up. And then with, I mean, you're pretty much deploying as much capital as you can. And yeah, your return on capital is obviously going to be higher just because you've de deployed uh, as much as you could. Um, exactly. Um, but then and, obviously- And it's also, it's also yeah. nice because uh, the one that I do in particular is like, I use the ether over USD ratio. So if I'm going long, or basically I get, I get paid out in, uh, you get paid out when like what the den denominator, denominator is. So I get paid out in cash um, going long or short ether over USD. Um, so it's, it's nice because that gives me, uh, you know, like cash in my Kraken account instead of having to like sell ether to get cash in my Kraken account. So I could buy dips with that as well, like mm. with like on spot, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Damn. I didn't. Damn. And and Kraken is the only exchange right now in the U.S. that you could trade on trade on uh, margin and leverage. Um, I I, I want to say yes, it, but I'm probably I don't think you wrong. You do it on uh, Coinbase, right? I mean, Coinbase UI so, is okay. So is this so is simple. the thing. What it, you're able to do it on other exchanges, but you have to be an accredited investor. So mm. with Coinbase, you have to have like. Four million dollars, you know, um, on on Binance you can, but I don't know if you know saw this, but actually the uh, CFTC is uh, probing into Binance for offering uh, futures and margin trading to U.S. Uh, investors supposedly that are non-accredited, which is is what yeah. giving them in, tr in trouble, get, getting them in trouble. Yeah, but I don't know how <laughs> Kraken's allowed to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, man. Thanks for, uh, yeah, sharing that story. I mean, I, uh, I kind of gets a good sense of like someone who 
was part of the whole process. And, you know, I would say the rest is history, right? Ethereum, yeah. as, as we're talking now, is 1700, uh, which is definitely past the peak of where it was uh, back in 2017 and 2018. So um, I guess the last thing we could talk about which I'm really curious to hear about is the, te the technologies that got you interested in Ethereum and why you think Ethereum is the future. So, um, yeah, what, what is it about Ethereum that makes it very unique? Um, and yeah, we could start there and maybe we could talk about some of the press that we've been hearing about Ethereum as it relates to like technologies, uh, cool technologies being built on top of that platform right ntfs um or wait no nfts um which <laughs> NFTs. is the hype um staking or ethereum 2.0 uh something we could talk about as well and Dude, this is like this is you know there's there's just too much information to talk about i know and then uh <laughs> yeah so maybe we'll do that as a part two but uh maybe we'll just start off by asking uh yeah what is it about ethereum that you think so this is like if you were to pitch me right if i had money and i'm if i and i had to pick a coin uh why why ethereum yeah i'd say do your own research <laughs> <laughs> damn yeah no no um so i guess what really got my attention initially was that bitcoin was you know the very first of its kind um way to transact a way to send money without having to trust any other person um which is great you know remittances um I guess now, now the value is like being a store of wealth or like, you know, the, the goal is to be a store of wealth. Um, but with Ethereum, it's basically a, a global computer. Um, so you're able to just, it's, it's like a, like the baseline global computer for everybody to just be able, be able to build applications on top of. Uh, and you see that now, if you look at like, I have Coin CoinGecko pulled up right now, which is, uh, are you familiar with CoinGecko? Yeah. Uh, which is like a, uh, like a coin, coin market cap doc. Yeah. It just tracks all the different coins. Uh, and wait, so, if you look wait, at wait, them, just, just to, before we even go into Ethereum, um, eat, okay. So is this right? The right way of thinking Bitcoin is more so that acts like gold, right? There's really not technology built on top of Bitcoin. It's just, uh, it's just like gold, right? People put value, um, arbitrary value on, on, on a finite supply, of, 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 of these coins. And, um, you kind of hold it like as if you're holding gold, it's not like it's people are building technology on top of Bitcoin, right. As they do with Ethereum, right. Ethereum has, uh, I, I guess more, uh, more of a nimble community that pushes new technologies such as DeFi NFTs on top of, uh, on top of this coin. Is that the right way to kind of think about it? And that's yeah, what makes Bitcoin so. different from Ethereum. Okay. Um, yeah. So Bitcoin is basically, um, it was initially going to be like a digital money. Um, and now it's just transitioned to becoming a, a digital gold or digital store of value. Um, and there's, there's talks about, so I don't want to like come across as like a, um, ethereum maximalist right i think i think bitcoin's valuable i think it'll have a really big place in the future i just yep. think you can do so much more with ethereum and you know there's other coins that are coming out that can do a lot of new stuff too um but i, I recently listened to the um 
Tim Ferriss podcast that had a uh, Vitalik Buterin, which is the creator of Ethereum, and uh, Naval Ravikant, who is pretty well known in, in Silicon Valley. I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah. And uh, um, he basically, I guess, it, Vitalik compared Bitcoin to like an Excel spreadsheet. And he compared Ethereum to like an Excel spreadsheet with like macros where you could just basically do whatever you want. You could program and do whatever you want via these smart contracts. So what you see happening is DeFi, NFTs, just all these different applications that are able to build and not have to worry about security or, um, the, you know, basically their own blockchain. They're able to just build on top of Ethereum. And Ethereum is built in a way that everybody is able to interact and uh, work with any other application. So there's a lot of composability in there, um, which is like pretty impressive. You can think of it almost like Legos. Everything is able to just like connect with each other and, and, and work, you know? Yeah. Um, so quick, uh, quick punchline. What does Ethereum solve for? Uh, what would what you, you say mean? Ethereum solves for in, in kind of the blockchain community? Security. So it just pro- it provides security. It's, it sounds like. Is there anything else that you would say uh, high level topic that it, it it really solves for? Um. Yeah, I guess I'm not really. Uh... Like, what are smart contracts? You just uh, you just had name dropped uh, smart contracts. So what is that? Oh, it, it's basically a way to. Um... To create, to have code that executes on certain conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say Bitcoin, you, you send a transaction uh, with Ethereum, you could have a, a more intelligent or not more intelligent, but just a, a more advanced transaction where you could say, um, I want it to send this money on this day to this person um, if this happens, right? So it's just, you get a lot more flexibility and a lot more control, um, at a high level, I guess. And then you can just do so much with that. Um, yeah, it's basically like a like a, a software because I guess Ethereum is a, a global computer. It has like a, what is it? The EVM, the Ethereum virtual machine. So it's able to like run through code and uh, do whatever you want based on whatever you code. Um, so that, like Ethereum has its own uh, programming language, Solidity, which is like a, it's kind of almost like TypeScript at this point. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> there are so many things like that you just said that I have so many questions about, but obviously we can't touch upon. But for example, right, like, um, like yeah, Solidity, uh, talking about the inner workings of Ethereum, like what is Ethereum gas, right? What, is it, what, is that, what does that mean? Uh can Ethereum facilitate transactions similar to Bitcoin? What, and also, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, there's no way we can fit this all into this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this is a good stopping point for, for a part one of, you know, whatever. My, my intro, my, my credibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on. And uh yeah, uh, we'll definitely bring you back on for the next uh, few episodes. Um, and we'll talk about kind of, well, just uh, I just have huge background background noise right now. But yeah, we could talk about, dude, there's just Staking. so many things. You see, Ethereum so on the, you, see, you see Ethereum on the press, right? There's just so many things. And so, 
yeah, there's going to have to be another part for sure. So, hey, thanks, thanks, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, but thanks for hopping on. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Vincent. All right. See ya.